Hello, welcome back to the Grace Fuels Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And this week, we have a very special guest for you. We are going to be talking to Dana Shea Williams, and she's the founder of Thrive Relationships, where she serves as a marriage and relationship coach. And she's also the host of the Real Relationship Talk podcast. She's a devoted daughter and friend of God who also serves as the online pastor at a multi-site, multi-ethnic church in Virginia Beach. Whether in the church or on her podcast, Dana's mission is singular, to help lead people into more fruitful relationships with the Lord and each other. On the podcast, she's known for her graceful candor and humor and her encouraging yet challenging advice. Dana holds a BA in communication from Regent University. She has a fierce passion for fashion and is a lover of all things sparkly. She shares her life with Sean, her husband of 23 years, their four amazing children, and their multicultural dog in beautiful Virginia Beach, Virginia. Connect with her on Instagram at Mrs. Dana Shea, that's D-A-N-A-C-H-E, or at her website at danashea.com. Now, I can't wait for this conversation, and Dana is going to talk to us all about, give us some tips about how to get your husband to actually go to marriage counseling or maybe even go for marriage coaching. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Grace Field Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, guys, here we are with my wonderful, lovely guest, Dana Shea. Dana, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Beatrice. So happy to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Yes, yes. You know, we were talking offline on how you really were talking about how it is that we as women can get our husbands to go to marriage counseling or therapy because a lot of times they don't want to go. They're like, we've had this conversation before, and I know I've talked to my listeners about it so many times where their husband is just not interested in doing the things or making the changes or reading the books. I remember being pregnant and being so mad at my husband for not wanting to read the parenting books. I think there's a scene in some movie on it where she was like hysterically crying. And she was like, I just want you to want to read the books. And her husband was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It's just (laughs) one of those things that sometimes they are not as 
And Bobs are willing to do those things and we really want them to do it. So I thought this would be a great conversation for our audience. What do you think? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So one of the things that you had talked about, I thought was really important is there is an important distinction between counseling or therapy and coaching. And let's talk about that because you're a marriage coach. I'm a marriage coach. And I'd like to make sure that I always talk about what the differences are so that women know if they come to you or they come to me or anybody who is giving them coaching, that they understand what's going to be the difference between what they're going to receive in that environment versus what they're going to receive in the therapy room. Yeah, it's such a great question. And I know lots of your clients probably ask that. Lots of mine do. And I think what I like to tell people, two main distinctives are with therapy or any sort of clinical psychological work, a lot of times the therapist's job is to go in the past. It's to talk about your trauma, your families of origin, kind of what happened in your life to make you who you are today. Whereas coaching, of course, you're going to hit those things in the past a little bit, but most coaches are not trying to diagnose. If you're not a therapist, a licensed therapist, you shouldn't be doing that anyway, but you You're not diagnosing. You're not really talking about mental illness. You're not really trying to go so much into the past. You're really starting from today. Where are you all at today? Or where are you, if you're talking to a woman, where are you today? And what is your goal? Where do you want to go? And that brings me to the second distinctive, which is counseling. A lot of times we'll focus on the problems, right? It's like the problems you're here for a problem, which is why a lot of men don't want to go to counseling because they don't feel like there is a problem. So coaching, is more focused on solutions and results. So one of the things that I think is helpful for women is instead of talking to your husband about like, we have to go fix our problems, which is what a lot of men associate with counseling, it's how can we actually focus on our relationship and achieve the goals or the results that we want to achieve in our relationship. And that's really what coaching does. I love that. I love that. So I'm actually currently a student for marriage and family therapy. So I'm getting the full spectrum. The difference between therapy and coaching, because now I'm being trained as a therapist. So it's really interesting to see. And I think that there's obviously a place for that. So I can see when I talk to my own therapist or I'm going over things that become really triggering and brings uh, things from the past. I think in those places, certainly going to a counselor is going to be really important. And I actually am a little biased because (laughs) I'm training to be a marriage and family therapist, which is different than a regular mental health counselor. And I also wanted to make that distinction as we talk, because as I listen to people, whether it be friends or even clients, and I let them know, "Mm, you know what, maybe this sort of issue that you're having is something that needs to be taken to a therapist. There is always a distinction. So mental health counselor, that's going to be somebody who they'll help you with depression, anxiety, all those things. And where a marriage and family therapist will do that as well. They're specifically trained in working with couples, working with children, working with the geneogram, working with your family of origin story. They have an added level of training in that area. And so as we start to dig in, even during a coaching session, I might find, oh, it sounds like you guys might have some family of origin trauma going on here. This might be something you want to talk to your therapist about. I always say consider working with a marriage and family therapist 
who can actually get to the root of a lot of that. And so when I was looking for a therapist for myself, that's what I was specifically looking for because I wanted to get to the root of all that. Because I think it's really, really important, but it's not fully necessary to see change, right? So talk to me about that. So I really liked what you said is a lot of times as women, we're like talking about the problems. And I know because a lot of my most popular episodes are episodes mm-hmm. where I'm calling out a problem and my listeners are like, yeah, help me solve that problem. So what are some of the ways that you would say we can talk to our husbands about maybe approaching this subject? Yeah, I think if women can look at what is your goal. So even the whole idea of I want my husband to go to counseling, but he won't go. I ask why. Why do you want your husband to go to counseling? Mm -hmm. Because there are problems in our marriage that we need to fix. So then it's like, okay, what problems in your marriage do you need to fix? So then they start talking about the problems in their marriage that they need to fix. So then I'll usually come back with is counseling or even coaching, is that your only option? Because Mm -hmm. Truthfully, a lot of times we think that this is the only way that we can solve that problem. But in actuality, there might be five other ways that your husband might agree to. For example, you said, I'm trying to get like my husband to read this book, read this book. My husband doesn't read books. That's just not his thing. And he'll mm-hmm. listen to an audible. He'll do that, but he's not going to sit down and read a book like I might. And so I can get so upset and try to be like, oh, but this one's really good. And I've highlighted all the good parts and like, you really need to read, you know? And it's like, he's just not going to do it. So what is really my ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is that he accesses that information because I feel like if he can access that information, then maybe he can make some changes or he can see from my perspective, maybe something I've been trying to explain to him that I obviously can't explain to him correctly. So this book is able to do it. So really take a step back and say, what is my goal with wanting my husband to even go to counseling or coaching? What what am I after? And then is there another way? Is there another way to skin the cat, if you will? So if it is, hey, there's this other couple who I met at church or wherever, and they've been through some of the same things that we've been through and they want to take us to dinner, would you be willing to do that? Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you don't need to sit in a counselor's office. And I agree with you, Beatrice. We've done both. We've done counseling and coaching. And I think that there are benefits for both, depending on where you are in your relationship and what season of life you're in. But I also believe that as a coach, who obviously I have a business and all of that, but my goal is to get my clients results. So if this book is going to give you a result, do that. A lot of my clients listen to my podcast, other podcasts together, because that's what a husband is more willing to do. Maybe they're out on a run together, or maybe the husband is willing to listen to a podcast on his drive into work, but he doesn't necessarily want to go sit in somebody's office or meet someone virtually over Zoom. So I think instead of getting so caught up on like, I got to get him into a session. It's what is your ultimate goal and what are some other ways that you can help him to get there? Yeah, I love that. And as I was hearing it, I already know, because I, you know, what's your ultimate goal? So that he changes, right? Like that's, isn't that the answer we hear all the time? It's like, (laughs) they want him to change. And that's Mm -hmm. when we have to be like, oh, honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, him going to counseling or therapy or coaching, that's not necessarily going to get him to change. So I love that idea of let's begin with the end in mind. Let's figure out what your goal is and work backwards so that we can help you to achieve that goal for sure. 
What do you say? Because I'm sure you've heard it too. And when they're like, oh, well, I want him to change. He's done. You know, and you're like, uh-huh. that's not great. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's the hardest, right? Because so often in relationships, it's so easy for us to look at what our spouse is doing and we take the ownership off of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to tell my clients that you might not be 100% of the problem. This is true. Like there are times in a relationship where one spouse is bearing the brunt of the responsibility, let's say adultery, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm helping a couple to overcome adultery, I'm not going to look at the wife. Let's say it's the husband, just generalization here. Let's mm-hmm. say it's the husband who was unfaithful. I'm not going to look at that wife and be like, now, honey, you have to bear 50% of the, no, of course, not like the husband or whoever cheated, they own that problem. However, even though they do need to change and they do need to repent and there needs to be a lot of work done on that side, on the other side, where can we focus on? Maybe there's Mm -hmm. resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness, or maybe there are some boundary violations that Mm -hmm. she saw earlier that she kind of let slide in the name of love or compassion or whatever. And so maybe that's what we need to work on with her. So when people are trying to say, I want my spouse to change, it's like, great. And they probably want you to change too. So instead of looking at how can we get them to change, let's look at how you, because I'm sitting with you. And most of the time I do work with couples, but there are many times where I'll work with what I call solo spouses. And so (laughs) your spouse wants you to change. So you should want to change. So you can't change your spouse. Honestly, we can't even change ourselves. Like we need the Holy Spirit to do that. So instead of us trying to change someone else or looking at all the ways that they can change, it's probably more effective to look in the mirror and say, okay, what do I need to change? Because my approach might not be right or my responses might not be right or my thinking might not be right. Maybe some belief system that I have might not be right. So if we can take our time and energy and focus there, then we'll get much more results. And I will say that my husband, this is his testimony because I spent years and I'm telling y'all, like I spent years doing this, like years trying to get my husband to change, years trying to get my husband to go to counseling, years trying to get my husband to see all the mistakes that he was making and none of it worked. Mm -hmm. And he says out of his own mouth that when Dana started working on herself and took Mm -hmm. the focus off of me, then that made him start to be like, oh, dang, like she's working on herself I need to start working on myself. That's what did it for him. And so I just want to encourage women who are frustrated and feel like, my gosh, I've been doing all the right things. I've been reading all the right books. I've been going to the marriage conferences by myself. I've been doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Start focusing on yourself and asking the Lord, like, God, where do I need to change? And let him do the work on you and your husband will take notice. And I can't promise you that like my husband, you know, immediately start to change, but that's not our job anyway, to change anybody. Right. Right. I love that. That is so good. I was trying to figure out where I heard it, but I think I've heard it in so many places, which is why I can't quite pinpoint where I heard it. And I think I heard some version of this on your show. And I think maybe the other place might've been the book on boundaries by Townsend and Cloud. Mm -hmm. I forget their first names, but where they talk about, we might have only 5% of fault in a situation. But we have to take ownership of 100% of that 5%. That's right. And whatever that is. So that's, as you were saying it, that's what came to mind. You know, infidelity is such a great example where it's like, no, 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 honey, spouse, whoever, like you were wrong, you broke covenant, you did that thing that was 
really wrong. But then understanding that instead of putting all the blame on them, because what they did is clearly wrong, is saying, okay, how am I responsible for me in this situation? And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes I made early on in my marriage. And I've given my testimony on this show so many times, but like my husband and I were separated for nine months and he walked out on me. So I, it was a similar thing where in my mind, he was wrong. He, Mm -hmm. you walked out on this marriage, you left, you're wrong. And that's when God started to be like, "Mm, okay, back it up. Because there was so much in my own heart and in, in what I was doing that not to say that it was right or not to justify him in that, but there was so much in my own heart that needed to change that God was like, let me work on you. And then you can stop asking me to change him because I'll do that on my own. And I thought it was so powerful. And for myself, in my own testimony, that's what brought transformation for me. So that's what I always talk about that on the show. But I always like to hear from my guests too. I don't think I've ever had a guest that said, oh, he changed first. I think every guest that I had where we've had this conversation, they've said even within their own testimony. And I've had guests on here who were recovering from infidelity and all kinds of things. And even those guests where he was totally wrong, they said, you know, part of the the transformational part for them, part of that surrender was understanding like, okay, I'm going to give this to God. It's almost like that forgiveness thing where you give up the right to be angry. I'm going to give that to God. And then all of a sudden, he shows you these are ways that you can be better is really beautiful. Totally, totally right on. Yeah. Yeah. So you said the first thing you ask your client when they're like, I'm trying to get him to go to therapy. And you said, first thing you answer is, okay, why? What are some of the other tips? Because you and I both, right? We work very hard to educate our clients, to to give them all these resources so that they could start to make changes for themselves. So they can start to see results in their own relationships. But, you know, where you said you have a lot of clients who are solo spouses, I work almost exclusively with solo spouses. And I think part of that comes from my own story. And so sometimes I have clients who are just so frustrated where it does get to a point where you're right. At some point, something does need to give. What would you say in that arena? Yeah, I would say if the, let's say if the wife is like, you know what, I really need, we need some help. We need like some professional help. We need a coach, a therapist, a counselor, somebody who is going to dig in deep with us. Then I think there's a couple of things that that she can do. One is allow your husband to be a part of that process. So instead of being like, hey, I found this counselor, um, Sally Sue, who is going to meet with us on Mondays at 12 o'clock. And your husband's like, whoa, what? So say, hey, you know, we've been talking about growing our relationship and how we can actually make some changes to both of us. I hope people are catching my intentionality with my Mm -hmm. communication here. So I know that we've talked about how both of us have some things to work on so that we can really help our relationship or grow our relationship. So how would you feel about finding a counselor for us? And putting that in his court. Now, if he's still like, no, we don't need a counselor. I don't need anyone. Then, because you've already done your research, I know that you have. So then you can say, (laughs) well, I actually really think that this would be beneficial for us. So how about we try to compromise here? I know that you don't feel that this is necessary. I feel like it's going to help us a lot. Can we commit to three months of going and seeing, I've got a list of five people 
maybe you can look through some of their bios or look at their websites and see, you know, which one feels better to you, which one you can actually identify with. Now, he might be like, I don't care, just pick one. Great, because you've already picked one anyway in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. But if he's like, okay, fine, I'll pick one, then great. Now, for the husband who still is adamant, like, no, we don't need counseling, this is where prayer really comes in and really prayer through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But there is something about God being able to change your spouse's heart. I mean, he does it to us, right? Like how many times do you pray? You're praying about something and then God will speak to you about something that you didn't ask him to speak. And you're like, God, I was not talking to you about that, (laughs) right? Like I'm over here praying for my kids, trying to be a good mom. And you talking to me about my attitude. Like I wasn't asking you any questions about my attitude, but that's how God is. So if he does that, to us, he can do the same and will do the same for our husbands. So if a wife is like, I have tried to do all the other things and I still feel like, no, we need counseling. I've tried to give my husband, let him take ownership and responsibility. He's still not doing it. I've suggested other counselors. He still won't do it. I've come up with testimonials. I'm telling you guys, like I did it all. I came up with, well, you know, our friend so-and-so, they started seeing this counselor and in six months, they were totally new. You know, like I've got the testimonials. I've got the whole thing. If none of that works, then ultimately it is the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible talks about how the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he will. And so I like to say, if the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and the Lord can turn that heart, then our husband's hearts are also in the hand of the Lord and he can turn that heart. And so if a wife just begins to continue to love her husband right where he is, which is so hard, I trust me, I know this is easier said than done, but to love that man right where he is and to begin to ask the Lord, God, would you please open his heart, change his heart, turn his heart, let him see the necessity of what we need. We need this so that it can help us to fix whatever issue is or to grow in our marriage or to uncover maybe some things that need to be uncovered, but allow the Holy Spirit to soften that hard heart. Love that. That is so good. And then as you were speaking, I really felt prompted to ask you about your own personal story and testimony because that you've mentioned a couple of times things that you were trying to do to get your husband to change the career. I've been there. And as I've shared of my own story, my husband was an unbeliever in the beginning and I was like trying to be his Holy Spirit, you know, like mm, he had talked about Lord, this. Yeah. Where I trying to <laughs> yeah. do all these things. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll buy some friends in church. It was a hot mess. So I like to hear those sorts of stories because I feel like they are common. Yeah. And I feel like they're common, especially amongst women who have seen transformation in their marriage. So tell me a little bit about, maybe it's a little bit about how you became a marriage coach or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Do you wish there was a way to enjoy the happy and connected marriage you expected to have when you said I do? Or maybe a way to feel cherished and sexy and understood by your husband or a way to feel like he's more than just a roommate or a co-parent. Listen, I know what it feels like to look at him and think, I love him. He's a good man. I just kind of hate our marriage right now. Or to look at other marriages and wonder, why can't mine be more like that? Or explore all the resources for Christian couples, but feel forgotten because they make the assumption that he's going to participate. He's going to read the book or try the course or that he's even a Christian. We're trying to ask in every possible way, but still feeling like he just refuses to listen to me. Or the worst feeling like I was trapped in a loveless marriage. 
Guess what? That's why I created the Grace-Fueled Marriage Method, where I teach you to stop fighting with your husband without feeling guilty for expressing your needs. You'll be able to communicate with him in a way that's loving, but doesn't leave you feeling like a doormat. You'll get the exact formula to communicate in a way that you actually understand each other, and you'll be able to rediscover your friendship and passion all over again. So if you're ready to feel excited when your husband comes home at the end of the day and feel like you finally have the marriage of your dreams, three, two, one, go run over to the gracefieldsmarriagemethod.gra.com so you can have a marriage where you stop fighting and finally get your needs met. Yeah. So my husband and I got married super young. I was 18. He was 21. We knew nothing about nothing. Okay. And add on to that, we also had our son who was six weeks old when we got married. So we were super young. We were new parents. I'm literally 18, barely. I'm still a teenager technically. And Mm -hmm. so right away, we began to have many, many problems. And we have known each other since we were little kids. So this isn't like someone that I had just met. We've known each other almost our entire lives. We've been dating for several years. But I think our biggest issue was, as many couples say, it's communication, right? And so there were certain things that we weren't communicating at all. It wasn't like we were volatile and we were yelling, like we just weren't talking about the things that need to be talked about. And so over time, that builds up resentment and it builds up just this huge disconnection. And so we were really, really disconnected. And both my husband and I actually committed adultery very early on in our marriage for me. We had been married for a year and my husband, his story was a little different where he went through cycles of infidelity. And that, of course, it was hard to go through. It was hurtful. It was shameful, all the things. I recovered from mine very, very quickly. And, you know, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it brought me back to the Lord. We were both kind of far away from the Lord at that point, Um, but it brought me back to the Lord. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. So you need to get yourself together. And his process was not as quick as mine. And so that's when I started with all the things, you know, all the things that had helped me. I've been a Christian for a very long time and I have the fear of the Lord. So when that happened to me, when I committed adultery, that was a huge wake up call for me because I never in a million years would have thought I could be capable of something like that. And so it, like I said, it brought me back to the Lord. It brought me to my knees and I just expected my whole transformation would of course be copy paste for my husband. Right. And it wasn't at all. My husband was like, I'm good, you know? And so a lot of the things that I tried, you know, try to get him to go to church, you know, come to church with me. Cause I knew being in the house of the Lord together, like we can overcome this thing. And he just was not interested. And then it was the whole, let's go to counseling. And I would find all these different counselors and he would go. I mean, one time he went, literally walked out of the session, embarrassed me so bad, like literally in the middle of the session. And I'm just like, all right. So now what do we do? You know? Um, And then I tried setting him up. We talked about this, you know, when you were on my show, setting him up with these quote, godly men that I thought would be good for him, that many Mm -hmm. of them turned out to be train wrecks, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I kept trying to do all the things. I kept trying to put my hand in it. I kept trying to honestly, looking back, control the timeline. I was Mm -hmm. like, Lord, it does not take that long to transform somebody. Like, come on, Lord, let's go. (laughs) And God had to like humble me. And God had to teach me what it means that love is long suffering. And what I am not saying, please do not hear this listeners, that every woman needs to stay in a habitually unfaithful marriage. That's not what I'm saying. I do believe that that was my assignment at that time because I went to the Lord and begged him to release me from this, you know, and 
I believe, not that the Lord was like, no, you got to stay. You got to keep going through this stuff. But there was so much that God was uncovering in me. And there was so much that he was teaching me as I was going through this process. And he was teaching me about himself. Like, of course, I would never wish that on anybody at all. But who God became to me is priceless. And I don't know that I would have the relationship with the Lord that I have today had I not went through that. You know, when I would say like, oh, God is my best friend. He's the lover of my soul. Because that's, you know, what they teach you to say in church. Oh, no, no, no. Like he Mm -hmm. became my best friend. When all my friends were like, girl, you are crazy. Why are you still in this marriage? I do not understand. You know, when I would cry myself to sleep at night, he became my comforter. He became the lifter of my head. He became all of those things that I knew in my head. And so that whole process God used to draw me close to him. This is the thing. When I was focused so much on my husband and all the things that he needed to do and change, God was like, but I can't change you, Dana, because you're focusing so much on him. But when Mm -hmm. you relinquish that, and you allow me to start changing you, then my relationship with God was like amazing. And I will say this, that it got to the point where I was like, Lord, if this man, whatever he decides to do, I'm good with you, Lord. And that's when I got the release to leave my marriage, which is crazy. Like, I remember the Lord literally telling me, if you stay, I will bless you. If you go, I will bless you. And I was like, cool, because I'm out, (laughs) you know? And I made this decision, I'm going to leave. And I almost feel like it was like my Abraham moment where like the thing that I wanted the most was I willing to put that on the altar. And the Mm -hmm. moment that I was like, here, I'm done. God was like, and I'm going to save your marriage. And he did, he did a miracle. It, it, People are always like, well, what changed? I wish I would have taken notes in the process because yeah. I, I honestly could say it was a miracle. It was the Lord. The Lord changed my husband's heart and he changed mine because I was so bitter. I was yeah. so full of rage and resentment and anger and all the things. And the Lord gave me a heart of flesh, like my own stony heart. He gave me a heart of flesh. And so this is why I can tell people with absolute authority, if I can use that word, that your way is not effective. Your ways are never going to be better than God's ways. So if he tells us in his word to trust in him with all our hearts and not lean to our own understanding, that's what we need to do. If he tells us that the prayers of the righteous availeth much, that's what we need to do. We need to pray. If he tells us, do not be afraid or do not grow weary and well-doing, like all of the scriptures that we read in the Bible, if we literally put them into practice, we begin to see the manifestation of those promises in our lives. So I spent my wheels for many, many years doing all the things wrong, trying to control the narrative, the timeline, the story, trying to control my husband. I wouldn't have called it control. I would have called it help, you know, but it was control. <laughs> it was control. Let's be real. Right, right. Yeah. And then when I looked yeah. on the other side, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how many years did I waste trying to do it my way? When I let it go, I know it sounds so cliche, but let go and let God. But literally when I placed my marriage on the altar and I was like, Lord, this thing, I don't even want this thing no more, to be honest with you. God was like, all right, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform your marriage. You're not even going to believe it. And literally today, I'm like, what the heck happened? (laughs) So, so good. Oh, that wasn't necessarily one of the questions I had planned on asking, but I'm so glad I did because there's so much of your testimony that's so similar to mine, right? I felt Mm -hmm. like all the the things, literally everything you're saying, I'm nodding my head like, "Mm -hmm, yes, yep, check. Check, check, check. Been there and done that. And what I think is beautiful from the listener's perspective 
what I think is beautiful for them to see, I feel really in my heart that God is raising up an army of women like yourself, like myself, who have gone through these stories and have these testimonies so that we can help all the other women out there who are listening. Because there was no podcast back then. Yeah. That didn't exist. There wasn't. Right. What resources did I have? You know, the, the reason why I created my show and why I speak almost exclusively to single spouses, like you said, is because when that was me, like well, even now, when I look for resources, I find resources for couples, which is great. But like so many of my girls, myself, for me, I felt like I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And I feel like stories like yours, stories like mine and stories that I've had from previous guests on the show, because there's been so many. And, and I find that there's been very similar uh, a trajectory. Right. So of all the guests I've had on the show who give a testimony, it's all kind of the same thing. And every single one has said that it was not until they surrendered control over what they were trying to do that God was like, okay, thank you. Now I can, now I can. And so it's not just one or two or three, you know, because we hear and then it sounds like an outlier. Oh, okay. Well, God did that for her marriage. She can't do it for mine. It's like, Mm. no, people. I've probably had five or six guests on this show with similar testimonies and each one different in its own way, right? So some is infidelity, some is addiction, some like all kinds of things where they separate and then the, but the restoration comes from God changing the wife's heart and the wife saying, okay, you take it, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, and then just watching what he does and understanding like, is not my timeline, right? It's, it's not, Whatever timeline you think it needs to be, God's going to do it on the timeline that he needs it to be. And it's just so, so beautiful. For me, it's really important to be able to showcase those stories Mm -hmm. and be able to give women the opportunity to hear from other people the same thing. You know, it doesn't always have to be about me, you know, and if if somebody listens to your story and is, is so moved by your story that they go and they binge your show and they hire you to be their coach, then that's amazing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just here to say, okay, God, like what are we doing with this? Because I feel like that's been my call, right? You know, obviously I I work with women and even with couples, but it's like, how are we doing this? And one of the things I found as we're going through this hard thing, because, you know, building a business is hard. Starting a podcast is hard. It's still time, it's money, it's this, that. And as we go through the whole thing, Understanding that what we do, this brings generational change. Absolutely. Helping women like get to that place of surrender. Of course, we want to see results. We're going to learn, you know, give you some communication tools. I'm going to give you some tools to build intimacy in your marriage, right? I'm sure you do a lot of the same things. That's how you create results. But getting you to do that, have the tools, but then surrender the outcome, like that is the ultimate because we can use all the tools. But until we've surrendered the outcome, yes, and said, okay, God, that's when he's like, all right. Because until then, you're doing it in your own strength. Yeah. Right? And I, you're doing I it for mean, the wrong reason. Right? Yeah. Reason. Yeah. One of my couples that I'm coaching right now, and we're going through where the husband is not really invested emotionally. Like he's there, but he's not really doing the work. And so we had a session together, she and I. And so she said, you know, what if I do all this work to work on myself mm-hmm. and then our marriage still doesn't change? And I said, I want you to repeat that question back to yourself. 
what if I do all this work to work on myself? I said, what's the outcome of that? You mean to tell me you're going to be a better woman, a stronger Christian, a better mother, a better friend. You're going to be more resilient. You're going to be more secure and confident in who you are. You're going to get all of that. If your husband doesn't change, that doesn't take away all that you still gained. Mm-hmm. And so if we keep looking at, like you said, the outcome, the outcome, the outcome, like my marriage has to be right, has to be fixed. Maybe, maybe, and I hate to say this, your marriage won't be, mm-hmm. but maybe God is going to do such a transformative work in you. That's the result. That was the goal all along. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally when we surrender something to God, we surrender it to him with no guarantee that what we want, we're going to get back. That's why it's a sacrifice. When God told Abraham to take his son, like we all like, oh, yeah, praise God. There was a ram in the bush, but there was no Abraham didn't see the ram yet. Like there mm-hmm. was no guarantee that this was going to work out but he was still willing all the way up into the very end. He's got that knife over his son. Like he's willing to go all the way. That's when God showed him the ram. And I really believe that that is God's MO. And so if God hasn't shown you the provision, or if you don't see that promise, then could it be that you haven't yet fully surrendered it to him? And honestly, Beatrice, even now, my husband and I have been married for 23 years and we've got four kids. Our life is really fruitful right now. I'm so thankful for that. But I still, every day, have to say, God, I surrender. What if my husband cheats again? That's not like completely unrealistic, right? I mean, what if, God forbid, I fall into something? Like, I'm not innocuous. None of us are. So instead of looking at, oh, what if, what if, what if? Like, that's living in fear. So instead of living in the what ifs, then I live in, God, look at all the great things that you're doing now. Look at all that, that you brought me from. Look at all that you brought my husband from. Look at the testimony that our kids know. Our kids know the full story. And that's a legacy. You were talking about, you know, earlier, like the outcome mm-hmm. being more than just you and your spouse for this moment, but like legacy, knowing that both my husband and I came from legacies of divorce and teenage pregnancy. And we said, it stops with us. We are it. We are not going to allow this to continue in our family line anymore. So when I'm like, man, this man is getting on my nerves. I don't know. You know, we've had a good run. You know, when I mean, honestly, those thoughts come up. But then when I have to realize, like, wait a minute, you're just for more than just you. There are generations at stake. There is legacy at stake. And so it paints so much of a bigger picture than just, I need to get my husband to go to counseling so he can start treating me better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's so good. And thanks for bringing it full circle. So you were talking, I was thinking of this. I don't know if you've ever read Sacred Marriage. Mm-mm. I think okay, you asked me so. about that last time though. Oh, did I? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I need to get that book. I'm like, I've, let me get the book. <laughs> I've read it multiple times. It's funny because in doing this work and then going to school for being marriage and family therapy, I get textbooks and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been there, done that, read that textbook. Read that. Done I did yeah. this small group. And so I'm rereading it. That's why I keep bringing it up. But in this book, he says, what if God's purpose for marriage was not to make you happy, but to make you holy? And Mm -hmm. it's this idea of self-sacrificing and understanding that there is a higher purpose to marriage and not just, I'm not happy, so we need to go to counseling. Right. You know, it's this understanding that marriage is not a rom-com, you know, and, and as you do like premarital counseling and all that. And it's understanding like there's a lot of myths out there about marriage and that's not what it is. You know, marriage is actually two people because you're going to change in 23 years. 
you've changed mm-hmm. from the person that you were when he married you and he's changed. So we're going to change throughout our lives in our marriage. So what happens? Oh, I fell out of love with him or, you know, whatever. Obviously this is barring anything that would be deal breakers, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. Deal breakers are abuse, certainly physical abuse, right. you know, and I tell my clients for them, um, repeated infidelity that Mm -hmm. is okay to be a deal breaker but like you said for yourself like for you that was something that god said that might be okay for somebody else but for you in your situation it wasn't okay because god had not released you Mm -hmm. it was the same thing for me my husband was an unbeliever and he walked out in first corinthians it says you know that that i would have been released from that and my pastor was sure to, to let me know that hey this is what the bible says about your specific situation but in my heart it was the same thing. I was not released from my marriage because God was doing the work. And yeah. so ladies, as we think about this, it's about what work is God doing in your marriage? What is he doing in your heart? What places is he trying to bring you into and how is he trying to grow you? And what are you missing out on by worrying, like you said, well, what if he doesn't change? Because it's funny in the Grace Fields Marriage Method, which is my marriage course, that's my way for women to do this on their own and then come into the one-on-one sessions, having learned and completed all the skills that I've given them. And that's been a big question. Oh, well, what if I buy this course and nothing happens? And it's so funny that when you said that, that's why I was like, wow, because that's the same thing that I say to them is that, are you really losing though? Are you really losing because you're going to be gaining all these skills and really gaining the things that are intangible? I can't put a price on what God actually does in your heart. Like if I think back to that transformation that God did in myself and my own heart, and it's not just like it was that one particular moment while we were separate, you know, because that, that transformation has continued and God has continued to grow me. But there, it was priceless that moment for what that had changed in me. I've never have been able to put a price on and I'm sure you can say that it sounds like for you it was priceless as well just to be able to build that relationship with him and, and let him know like oh no God is here he is next to me he is real it's so so beautiful so it's so funny how we start off the conversation like how can we get our husbands to go to therapy <laughs> and so very organically yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like well let's work on you you know and 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 the one thing uh, before we wrap that I do want to say and I had touched on this in the beginning is that finding the right person whether that be therapist coach whoever finding the right person is so important and this is why I said for me in particular I have wanted to find a marriage and family therapist because I went to therapy my husband came with me so for all of you Listeners who are like, well, he won't go with me. Well, guess what? Sometimes that don't even matter because my husband came with me and we did all the sessions. We probably went to months of counseling and mm-hmm. got a couple of, you know, communication tools, but nothing came out of it. And that might be part of why your husband's like, mm, but is this really going to be worth my time? And I think yeah. for us looking back, that specific counselor was not working she was dealing with the surface problems, but was not getting to the real deeper issues that needed to change. So it was more of like action oriented. Okay, what do you want? Okay, how to, this is how to get what you want. You know, whereas a marriage and ther- family therapist probably would have gone a little bit deeper. So whatever that looks like for you, mm-hmm. 
because I think that, you know, God has the right person for everybody, right? You just make sure that you've been really discerning in who you're listening to or taking your advice from. When we're looking for results, it's not just, you know, one plus one equals two. It's like, how and what is it that they're telling me? Can I trust their advice? Because I've had so many coaches out there. But I realize after the fact that like their theology is off or or they're not even a Christian or oh wait, they're into something totally different but that I'm not I'm not gonna be into. And that's part of why I'm very open about my faith on my show. Um for the same reasons. I want people to know like this is when I pray, when I pray to God, I want you all to know like who's getting my praise and my worship. So thank you so much for this conversation. I will have all of your info in the show notes, but tell everybody, how could they find you? Like they loved your story. It was really so powerful. How can they learn more about you? Yeah, I mean, we are very honest on the podcast. So my podcast is Real Relationship Talk. And my husband's not on every episode, but he makes these cameos from now and out again. <laughs> and then we do interviews. You've been on the show, Beatrice. And so um, I think the best way for people to connect, if they would like to connect, is just to go to danashay.com um, forward slash seven secrets. So the number seven mm-hmm. and then the word secrets. And there's a free audio that they can download. And it basically talks about the seven secrets to a healthy marriage. And these are things that we learn being married at 18 and 21 that we wished someone would have told us, uh, but they didn't. And so these are kind of things that we had to learn the hard way that now a lot of times I spend a lot of my coaching helping people with these seven things. So um, that's the easiest, best way. And then of course, on the podcast. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for your time on the show. I know we went a little bit over time, but I really felt like it was really beautiful in talking. Thank you, everybody. And until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week. Do you wish there was a way to enjoy the happy and connected marriage you expected to have when you said I do? Or maybe a way to feel cherished and sexy and understood by your husband or a way to feel like he's more than just a roommate or a co-parent. Listen, I know what it feels like to look at him and think, I love him. He's a good man. I just kind of hate our marriage right now. Or to look at other marriages and wonder, why can't mine be more like that? Or explore all the resources for Christian couples, but feel forgotten because they make the assumption that he's going to participate, he's going to read the book or try the course, or that he's even a Christian. Or trying to ask in every possible way, but still feeling like he just refuses to listen to me. Or the worst, feeling like I was trapped in a loveless marriage. Guess what? That's why I created the Grace-Fueled Marriage Method, where I teach you to stop fighting with your husband without feeling guilty for expressing your needs. You'll be able to communicate with him in a way that's loving, but doesn't leave you feeling like a doormat. You'll get the exact formula to communicate in a way that you actually understand each other, and you'll be able to rediscover your friendship and passion all over again. So if you're ready to feel excited when your husband comes home at the end of the day and 
and feel like you finally have the marriage of your dreams, three, two, one, go run over to the gracefieldsmarriagemethod.gra.com. So you can have a marriage where you stop fighting and finally get your needs met. Do you wish there was a way to enjoy the happy and connected marriage you expected to have when you said I do? Or maybe a way to feel cherished and sexy and understood by your husband or a way to feel like he's more than just a roommate or a co-parent. Listen, I know what it feels like to look at him and think, I love him. He's a good man. I just kind of hate our marriage right now. Or to look at other marriages and wonder, why can't mine be more like that? Or explore all the resources for Christian couples, but feel forgotten because they make the assumption that he's going to participate. He's going to read the book or try the course or that he's even a Christian. We're trying to ask in every possible way, but still feeling like he just refuses to listen to me. Or the worst, feeling like I was trapped in a loveless marriage. Guess what? That's why I created the Grace-Fueled Marriage Method, where I teach you to stop fighting with your husband without feeling guilty for expressing your needs. You'll be able to communicate with him in a way that's loving, but doesn't leave you feeling like a doormat. You'll get the exact formula to communicate in a way that you actually understand each other, and you'll be able to rediscover your friendship and passion all over again. So if you're ready to feel excited when your husband comes home at the end of the day and feel like you finally have the marriage of your dreams, three, two, one, go run over to the gracefieldsmarriagemethod.gra.com so you can have a marriage where you stop fighting and finally get your needs met.